Hello, and welcome to the Illinois Realtors Weekly Podcast, keeping you up to date with all the latest news in the realtor world. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Kelly. And today we will be joined by Illinois Realtors Legal Hotline Attorney Vicki Munson. Vicki, welcome back to the Illinois Realtors Weekly Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're going to talk about a lot of things today, uh, including some stuff that's on the hotline. So Kelly's going to kick us off here. We understand that you've been quite busy. You were just telling us even today you've been quite busy um, with the legal hotline. So what are some topics gathering most of your attention? Um, Unauthorized access and also buyer brokerage agreements have been some of the recent hot topics. So we've received calls from our members asking for clarification on who exactly has access to a home and who has to accompany a home inspector or an appraiser into the home. And then, of course, we've also had a couple inquiries about those buyer brokerage agreements. Okay, so let's start with the unauthorized access. Can you give us an example? Sure. So this can be as simple as swapping an appointment with another realtor or entering a property outside of the agreed upon time. So that would be something as simple as showing up too early to a scheduled showing or showing up too late after the time has passed. Um, Also, um, another example of unauthorized access would be letting individuals into a home that do not have the authority to be there um, or not accompanying a buyer or an appraiser into the home when the specific instructions of the owner or the listing agent require that the buyer agent accompany that buyer or the appraiser into the home. Okay, so that sounds pretty standard there. So are we talking about uh, breaking the law or is this more of a code of ethics violation or both? It's going to be both, unfortunately. (laughs) So first off on the code of ethics side, our standard of practice 1-16 under the code of ethics states, realtors shall not access or use or permit or enable others to access or use listed or managed property on terms or conditions other than those authorized by the owner or seller. Um, Access to property is mentioned again in another of the standard of practice under our Code of Ethics. This is 3-9, and that states, Realtors shall not provide access to listed property on terms other than those established by the owner or the seller. And then, of course, there's also a potential for an allegation of criminal trespass to a residence. And that states, a person who commits criminal trespass to a residence when, without authority, he or she knowingly enters or remains within any residence. Um, So it can be pretty serious there. And not to mention that any kind of unexpected or unplanned visitors can lead to embarrassment for the parties, safety issues, and then reputational damages to realtors on both sides of the transaction. It can be an interruption to folks that are sitting down to dinner at home or potentially scaring some kids that are home alone. Or if you were to enter a home that has pets that aren't, weren't put up or taken out, they could then get loose. They could end up actually attacking the buyers, the agents, or even inspectors or appraisers. And then plus you're going to have some angry sellers or occupants of the property and then also some angry buyers too that have been kind of put into this awkward or embarrassing or potentially um, criminal situation with unauthorized access. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't get, don't get, uh, you know, uh, attacked by pets, everyone. We don't want that. Um, Very real uh, possibility there too. You never know what's inside of a house. Um, But I bet, you know, some of these situations can probably leave a pretty bad taste in the mouth, right? (laughs) Yeah. Funny you say that. Uh So there was an incident uh, concerning an agent and this was up in Canada 
uh, recently. So the agent was at his own listing, and he was there alone. He was waiting to show the property, of course. So he was seen on camera opening the client's refrigerator. He removed a carton of milk, and he drank the milk straight from the carton. He didn't use a cup. No. Um, And then he put the carton back in the fridge. Oh, come on. (laughs) So he was fined, um, I think it translated to, when it translated over from Canadian to U.S. dollars, it was $15,000. Man, I'm just going to say that that might that specific instance probably isn't in the handbook, but don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> just really don't do that, guys. A little common sense. Yeah. <laughs> so what best practices can help our members avoid charges of unauthorized access? Well, you'd want to establish clear office policies and procedures for appointment settings. And there are plenty of tools available out there that can assist our members with scheduling, showings, appointments, and confirming the same. Um, and then I think conducting regular training on appointment settings and lockbox processes and uses for new agents and also to review with some of the seasoned agents as well. Mm-hmm. Um, listing brokers might have a list of permissions for direction by the owner, and this would be you know, the hours permitted for showings, prior notice required, confirmation of times, and then, of course, confirmation whether the buyer broker must accompany any service providers who might need access to the listed property. So simple examples would be uh, various inspectors or appraisers. And then if somebody is late to an appointment, what is the owner's requirement for renewing a request approval? And then, of course, you'd want to assure owners that brokers will be instructed to accompany their buyer clients for showings at all times. And this is subject to safety protocols like staying near the exits and not getting boxed in. Of course, those are always considerations. So another thing we would recommend, we've got a great um, unauthorized access video on our website, and we would encourage folks to take a peek at that if they haven't already done so. It's very well done, and it's a short video, won't take much of your time, and definitely worth it. Um, You know, we would ask, you know, clients when they're trying to determine who has access to the property, ask yourself, who's on the guest list? You know, for listing agents, get clear instructions from the owner regarding who and how, for example, the inspector or appraiser or buyers can have access to the property. And for buyer agents, do you have proper permissions for the appointment, for the approved number of attendees to that appointment? And then has this all been confirmed with the listing agent? And, you know, one thing to remember, there's cameras watching and there's also neighbors watching who's coming and going out of this house that's for sale. Yes, absolutely. Always just a good rule of thumb. Just always act like you're on camera, right? (laughs) Like, just always uh, remember that kind of a thing. And I'm uh, glad I was going to mention that if you didn't, the uh, unauthorized access video. Um, Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, You know, nice little style of ways and uh, gets you all the information you need there uh, if you're on the go. So um, let's shift it now um, to the other popular topic that is popping up here on the legal hotline, which is that of uh, the inquiries that you're receiving about buyer brokerage agreements. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, buyer representation agreements have become a popular topic, and especially in light of their recent litigation and um, some of the particular changes that some of the MLSs have instituted that allows for zero to be entered in for the um, cooperating compensation. So there's definitely been a bit of a buzz around buyer representation agreements. 
uh, recently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what should members keep like kind of front of mind there when it comes to using buyer brokerage agreements uh, in light of all of this? Sure, sure. Now, although the current Real Estate License Act doesn't require buyer brokerage agreements yet, now, and there could be some changes to the Real Estate License Act that will require a buyer brokerage agreement moving forward, so stay tuned on that. Um, but we here at Illinois Realtors have been encouraging the use of these agreements, and here's a couple reasons why using them might be a best practice for agents and their brokerages. So it allows for you to explain to the buyer what you can and cannot do for them, and it sets expectations for the buyer as to your specific duties as you move forward. Um, there is language in our buyer rep agreement that states, and I'm going to quote it here, it says, the buyer acknowledges that sponsoring broker and buyer's designated agent are being retained solely as real estate professionals and not as attorneys, tax advisors, surveyors, structural engineers, home inspectors, environmental consultants, architects, contractors, or other professional service providers. And the buyer understands that such other professional service providers are available to render advice or services to the buyer if desired at buyer's expense. So that at least lets the buyer know up front, hey, these might be some other folks that you'd want to reach out to as we move through here um, this transaction. So the agreements will detail, of course, the agency-client relationship, the services provided, and the compensation. And I think sitting down and kind of going over one of these agreements with your buyer-client demonstrates your professionalism here and your role in representing them. It can help a buyer avoid any misunderstandings, and it builds that trust between the buyer and their agent. And it can also be used as a potential mechanism to enforce payment against your buyer clients if you would run into such an issue. It can also be helpful if there's a procuring cause dispute with your transaction. And so it allows for a layer of transparency between the parties, the, that art articulation of your services and your compensation. And you also get to have the opportunity to dazzle your buyers by explaining all of the services that you will provide when you're representing them. And so in addition to those best practices, um, what resources um, can you share with our members? Sure. We've got several sample buyer representation agreements uh, available on our website, um, and some of them are styled to include a dual agency uh, disclosure and confirmation and consent, if that is indeed uh, part of your practice. So you'd want to go to the legal tab on uh, the IllinoisRealtors.org website and visit the Forms, Guides, and Downloads section to take a peek at some of those uh, sample agreements uh, if you'd like to do so. Yeah, in addition to, to those resources, there's a ton of resources on a lot of topics on the legal page on the forms, guides, and downloads section. So I would definitely visit it, that page. Um, Website so, is not short on content. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so are there any other topics you're anticipating that will surface as the year draws to a close? Yep. So there was uh, an amendment to the Illinois Radon Awareness Act, and that's going to be going into effect January 1, 2024. That's now going to require a disclosure form for all leases, so all rental transactions. I think as it stands currently, that Disclosure was required only if there was a current radon hazard that had not been mitigated or retested. But now as of Jan 1, 2024, 
that uh, form is going to be required for all leases. We'll be providing some information on that change shortly, so stay tuned. And we've got a new form drafted that, of course, will be made available as well. So this change is only in relation to rentals. There's no changes concerning the sales transactions and radon. Um, we'll also typically, towards the end of the year or over the holidays, we'll get some questions from members kind of on, I call them housekeeping issues. So um, those would be, you know, how long to retain documents, the retention, and also um, escrow accounts, those sorts of things. So we typically get those around the end of the year as people might be kind of wrapping up their business year. Look at that. You know, it's amazing. Vicki walks in the room, talks, and I get smarter somehow um, every single time. And I'm sure all of our listeners as well. Um, Vicki, thank you so much for being here, for bringing us a little bit of an update here on what's uh, hot on the hotline. We need like a drop for that. We need like a little like fire sound or something. <laughs> um, but something. But uh, again, thank you so, so much for sharing your expertise with us and with our members. And uh, let's do it again soon. Oh, you're very welcome. All right. And as always, thank you, our listeners, for joining us on the latest episode of the Illinois Realtors Weekly Podcast. As always, give us a rating and a review on your podcast app of choice. And if you want any more content, simply search for Illinois Realtors on your favorite social media. We'll see you next week. 